How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Oh, oh, yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. So it's customary. Christian Fowler will join the show. How about a senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media? You can find our podcast where we are co-hosts. That would be on the Bluff. Find it at Apple, Spotify. You can go to YouTube, type in Bluff City Media. You can find it there. Um, at C. Fowler BCM on Twitter. Christian, what's up, dude? Oh, nothing much. How you doing, Gabe? I'm doing good. It's a big rumor mill day in the NBA. So that's always fun. Grizzlies involved in uh, a lot of uh, rumors being thrown around. It's that time of year. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green, CP3, they're all coming. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about Draymond and the Grizzlies? Like the likelihood of it happening, I think, is low. But um, well, what would you like? I mean, would you like that fit? I mean, Draymond seems like a Memphis player to me. Like just with just with the way that he's always played and stuff, it just it feels like it fits. Um, would I welcome it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good addition. We've talked about, you know, putting the right pieces in place. Obviously, Draymond knows what it takes to win a championship, multiple championships, you know, has has dealt with younger players, sometimes better than others. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> has, hopefully. Has dealt with younger players. I mean, that is a, that's a tough thing to say after last year. I have to. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't. Uh, point if he out. Wants to come to Memphis, hopefully it wouldn't uh, turn into a. Georgia I don't know. I don't. To be, to be honest, though, I don't know if the Grizzlies have that. Uh, that, that I don't know if they have a guy like Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole no, seems I, like a I, different cat. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they have one of those guys. So I mean, I, I think it is a good fit. It would probably be hard for a lot of Memphis fans on the front end of that, with all the wars against the Warriors over the last couple years, and uh, obviously the back and forth that Draymond has had about. I guess he really hasn't talked bad about the team, just really Dylan Brooks yeah. in general. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good fit. When you can get a player like that who he's obviously on, on the back end of his career, but he still makes an impact. I mean, he can still impact the game defensively and uh, getting in passing lanes and being a good on-ball defender down low, passing the ball, being unselfish. Obviously, you're not going to get much scoring, but uh, with guys like John Desmond and, and Jaron, you don't need Draymond to score that much, and he he's not going to anyway, even if you need him to. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see why it wouldn't make sense. 
Yeah, I think there's some people that down his offense a little bit too much. Yeah, the scoring's not there, but him getting out on the break is still a sight to behold. It's impressive as hell what he's able to do in in running. And also, like, I mean, facilitating in the half court, he's not bad. Now, I I think... uh, he is the the he is Dylan Brooks in the in the fact that in the half court if you get a little bit stagnant and he's standing out at the perimeter no one's going to guard him or care if he puts up a three, right? Yeah, but he's not going to he's not going to take fifteen. Yeah, but he's not yeah, he's not going to put it up every single time. That is a great point. Who is your uh, so like everybody? OG Ananobi's been the running you know wish list guy for the Grizzlies for what the past two years. Who's your like? Who is who is your favorite target that the Grizzlies could could go after to sort of replace that Dylan Brooks production? Can I steal yours? Go is ahead. Fair? Yeah, let's hear or it. Is that unfair? No, you can steal mine. Who is mine? Yeah, we we, we talked about. This I have a lot of different ones to be fair. Yeah, well, last night we talked about Cam Johnson mm-hmm. uh, with the, now with the Brooklyn Nets after the Kevin Durant trade, and I I've always liked Cameron Johnson's game since he was at North Carolina. He was obviously incredible there. Uh, still drafted highly despite being an older collegiate player. But just what he brings as far as another three-point presence, his length, his versatility, unselfishness, has played on teams with, with bigger superstars before. Like He is a guy that has consistently understood his role, went to the finals two years ago with the Suns. Uh, obviously, Mikael Bridges is someone that a lot of Memphis fans talked about last year, but that that price is just going to be way too steep, especially yeah. after I think Cam's did might be pretty last year. steep as well. I mean, I do too, but not Mikael Bridges. Right. Steve. I, I still think you'd have to give up a, a decent amount, but Mikael Bridges is, you know, kind of at that budding superstar point now, where he is the lead scorer for the Nets, and he can average twenty six, twenty seven points per game. Cam Johnson's a ten to fifteen guy that can shoot the three ball and is, is versatile and can play defense. And I, I just, I feel I like him. they need they need another three point threat. They need a guy. On the wing, obviously, that's what they've been searching for over the last several years. Uh, even with Dylan Brooks, it still felt like when they drafted Zaire Williams that that was you know, a position that they wanted uh, to continue building upon, and, and Cameron Johnson is like the perfect fit for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I, I, I don't, I think you'd be hard-pressed to get the Nets to give, give him up. Obviously, you'd have to – I mean, you could entice them with a hell of a, 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 a trade package, I guess, but I feel like it would be pretty tough to go get Cam Johnson. One thing I've noticed, though, about Cam Johnson offensively, he's like the anti-Dylan Brooks. Like you ask yourself sometimes, why the hell is he not shooting? Why is he more? not shooting? Yeah. yeah, like he can. He's got that ability. He can get off the bounce, get to those mid range spots. Uh, actually, surprisingly, has some some decent athleticism to get to the rim. His three point shot falls at forty percent. Like that 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 would be for me. I, I agree with you, and I'm glad you took my guy because I haven't really brought it up on the show yet. But that is the guy that is just the the perfect fit in my opinion. But I think the Nets are going to do everything they can to keep their hands on Macau Bridges and Cam Johnson. And I would imagine Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal are the ones that are up for the taking. And I think that the Grizzlies, I mean, those two guys would fit pretty well with the Grizzlies as well, don't you think? Yeah, and I, we were we were debating on this last night too off, off air. Would you rather have DFS or Royce O'Neal? And I think with with Royce's Cue the Spider-Man meme, ability, by the way. Cue the Spider-Man yeah. meme pointing at each other. They're exactly. both 30 years old. Right. right, and they they kind of do the same thing and occupy the same role. But I think Royce O'Neal offers a little bit more shooting upside, and same thing has played on the uh, 
I would say that the Jazz a couple of years ago when he played with them, like the way that he played that role is exactly what you would want if he came to the Grizzlies because obviously he was not expected to carry anything and Royce O'Neal's not going to anyway. Uh, but just the way that he played with a dominant guard and a dominant big uh, in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, obviously, you know, Memphis having a dominant big in Jaron Jackson and then John Morant when he comes back from his suspension. Like I think Royce O'Neal understands that role and can play that role uh, of a of a three and D guy and is a good floor spacer. So if if those were the two options, I think I would take Royce O'Neal over DFS. Now one more quick thing on the NBA before we get to a. I mean, we have a laundry list worth of uh, Tiger basketball news to get to. Um, are you are you sick of the Damian Lillard Portland experience? Are you as sick uh, of it as I am? Yeah, I've been over <laughs> it for five years now. Like it's starting I, to make me I, feel different about Dame too. Like the, I mean, stop all. I mean, there's just so much back and forth. Ask out. Just ask out. Just do it. Just get, yeah, rip just the damn it. Band-Aid off. I'm sick of it. Yeah, it's the the two guys that we've been talking about for years and Bradley Bill and Damian Lillard about when are they just going to get out? Like, they need to get out. These teams are going nowhere. These organizations are, are going nowhere. And, and a little, little bit less, I guess, with the Blazers. They did go to the Western Conference Finals uh, a couple of years ago. But still, it never felt like they were a true contender for a championship. And as fans, that's we view that as a waste of time. You know, if you're not winning a ring. But if you go listen to the way that Damian Lillard talks about it, it will change your mind a little bit. Like, just to listen to him talk about, you know, paving his own road and kind of going down his own path. All that changes a little bit if he does ultimately ask for a trade and ask out. But it's hard not to respect, you know, what he's done sticking with that franchise, even when they – Clearly weren't a true contender. But, yeah, I felt that way about Bradley Bill forever. He's finally out and now on the Suns. And I, I hope Dame at least gets a chance to, to play in a championship or is on a true contender of a team before the end of his career. Speaking of both of those guys, it's like you're pri- – they're, they're, I don't even they've know. They passed up their Dame full prime. Their prime. Yeah. But Dame was still incredible last year. But he still but he gets hurt a little more prime. just like Bradley Beal. Like they right. do, they're, they're starting yeah. to miss more games year by year. They're yeah, getting and, up there to thirty, they, you know, the into their thirties. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like there, there comes a point where you slow down as a player. I think both of them are. They're still great. They're still great. Don't get me wrong. Like they're they're fantastic. They're, um, they're all star, all NBA level talents. But I mean, there, there comes a time where you're just naturally your body starts to make you slow down a little bit, and that's where they're right. Both at. And, and there's nothing that sports fans in general hate more than a what if story. Yep. Like, what if they would have went and done this? Like, what could their career trajectory have been like? And if Dame ultimately isn't able to accomplish that, then it'll always be what if. You know, what if he left before that second contract and went and right. tried to play on a true contender of a team? Like, what does it look like at that point? Does, you know, is he a guy that wins an MVP? Is he a guy that wins a ring or multiple rings? And th- those those are never fun to look back at. Real quick on the Bradley Beal front, uh, you're you're not as high on that trade as uh, as some people may may be, or some where honestly, I, when you make a trade like that for a superstar and you're pairing him alongside two other superstars, especially offensively, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, you expect to like the trade more. Um, based on your tone last night when we were recording the podcast, uh, you you don't like it as much as uh, as you should. No, I mean, I, I dislike it until proven otherwise. Uh, if this would have been seven, eight years ago, yeah, probably. Uh, well, we saw what happened with the Miami Heat. Like, there were good player, veteran players, but still good players that could play that were willing to take less money to play with that team to win a championship. 
that's just not the landscape of the NBA anymore. Yeah. Guys are not doing that. Like guys are not going to take less money than they're worth to play with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and uh, and Bradley Bill. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. You've got five guys, I believe, under contract right now. Maybe maybe one or two more, but they just don't have much. And it just feels like the Nets 2.0. It feels like KD, Harden, and Kyrie over again. And we'll see. I could be proven wrong because these three guys, I think I read last year, averaged 81 points uh, combined, which is a ridiculous amount of offense from three players. But when you look at the rest of the roster, that really is all the offense they have, especially if they decide to part ways with DeAndre Ayton, uh, who I believe is owed around $33 million this upcoming season, which makes that math work. I have no idea how. (laughs) Write the check. Um, That's Matt Ishbia writing the check is all that is. Right. Right. That's all that is. Um, so, I, it, and it's not three young guys in their primes. Uh, Devin Booker obviously is, but Kevin Durant uh, being on the wrong side of thirty, and we've already seen his body kind of start to break down, and him not be able to play full seasons. Bradley Beal over the last couple of seasons has dealt with injury, and it just feels like we saw this just happen with the Nets, and it flamed out because Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden couldn't stay healthy, were never on the floor together. I think they played like some, something crazy, like 11 games together, all three on the floor together or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and it just it just feels like we could be entering the same territory with the Suns. I'm not saying it couldn't work. I'm just saying it feels like we just had this cautionary tale, yep. tale and here we go again. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, I – if they retool that roster and find some good role players, we could revisit this conversation. But I, I'm just of the belief if your best defender is a 34-year-old uh, Kevin Durant on a uh, completely uh, remade Achilles, I just feel like that's not a good way to go forward in today's NBA, especially in NBA playoff basketball. You're going to need... How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Some, uh, need some defensive prowess, and I don't know if they have that, and they certainly don't have depth. Now on to the Tigers. Talking with Christian Fowler at CFowlerBCM on Twitter. Um, first, I have Larry Brown is still coaching. <laughs> Larry Brown joining Mike Hopkins' staff at Washington, 82 years young. He can't quit. He cannot quit coaching. He loves it so heavily. It's unbelievable to see this guy still around. Some people get out early and, and go enjoy their lives, and some people, it is their life. They can't some people get out have of no it. idea what their life is without it. It's, that's him. Uh, that is him. That is him to a T. I mean, how long has he been coaching now? Sixty plus years, <laughs> something like that. that. That's that's. I would be so ready to hang it up by this point. Like, it, good Lord willing, if I live into my eighties, please, Gabe, come find me if you're also still alive, and make sure that I'm not working anymore. But some make of, sure that make, make sure I'm doing something else. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. I mean, there there, there is a. There is some cautionary tales of coaches that get out of coaching and then their their life is not that it doesn't last that much long after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Bear Bryant was like that. Joe Pa, obviously, for other reasons, was like that. But sometimes it's better for these guys to to stay busy and stay stay involved, even at in, in an advanced age. 
Yeah, sometimes as soon as they stop, they drop. And yeah, that's, that's how it works. But Larry some, Brown, some people man. when they that's what they say when you stop when you stop working, you start dying, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's so, to some people it happens to, and that's a that's a different breed from me, brother. I promise <laughs> you, when I hang it up, I'll be just fine. Yeah, where's your, you have a retirement planned out already? At your at your I, young I'm, age. I'm I'm not there yet. All right, I got you. Twenty-five. I'm not really thinking about <laughs> retirement yet. I got you. Now I, I do have respect for Larry Brown, but uh, Chandler Lawson into the portal, and I listen. I think defensively, what he was able to provide these last two years in these tournament runs was fantastic. Like I, I, I have a lot of love for Chandler Lawson. It's always tough to see a Memphis kid leave the University of Memphis, but I think, like generally speaking, I don't know how much this. Affects my view of the roster as a whole. What what say you on on that? Like I I don't know if I don't know if Chandler Lawson leaving really moves any type of needle for me to say they're going to be a a substantially worse team without him. No, I'm with you on that. I don't think it takes them from uh, let's just say hypothetically right now or two days ago they were a fringe NCAA tournament team. I don't think this takes them on the wrong side of the bubble or anything like that. I think. I think I view them the same. As you mentioned, like Chandler had moments where you could tell defensively when he was on the floor, the defense was really good. They were put together. Um, he had games where he had really good spike rebound games, especially at the end of the year when Malcolm was out and he was playing the five. But it, it just there wasn't enough upside there to to make this a massive loss. And I don't I don't say that disrespectfully. Like I think Chandler is a great kid. I think he did exactly what the coaching staff asked of him and you know that's admirable for a player in in today's game with how crazy egos are um but he just didn't have a bunch of offensive upside he was never going to be uh, a volume scorer he's not an elite athlete by any means so he, he just he was a a really good player for what he was asked to do but i don't think he's someone that moves the needle and makes you you makes or breaks your team uh, that being said, though, you do lose continuity. He was yep. one of two players returning with him and Jaden Hardaway. Uh, so just as far as his leadership, his defensive IQ, uh, his understanding of Penny's system, someone that you know played under Penny even at the high school level, so has has known Penny for a long time, knows how he wants to run practices, knows you know kind of knows how he wants in game stuff to go. So you lose that. And I think, I think that's obviously an invaluable loss. You can't put a number or statistic on that, but just as far as box score on the floor type stuff, it's not a massive loss. Is it, was it surprising for you to see him hop into the portal? Yeah, it was because we, you know, we felt like, okay, Jonathan entered a couple months ago, landed at Creighton. So, when Jonathan entered, the immediate question became, "Okay, yeah, Chandler's got to be right. right. Yeah, he's got to be right behind this. Like, he will, within the next fifteen to twenty minutes, we'll see Chandler enter the portal as well." And it never happened. So it felt like, okay, if Chandler was going to leave, he would have done it then. And then you start connecting the dots, and it makes sense. Okay, Chandler uh, is probably not going to be a pro. He only has one year left. This is already his second school after transferring from Oregon. Uh, he's back home. Like, it just didn't feel like there was a necessity to move on somewhere else. It's not like you're moving on to greener pastures because you have one more year and why leave for one more year. So it was a little bit surprising, but at the same time, when you see what they're doing and then also see what they're attempting to do as far as uh, the front court guys, they've already brought in guys they're attempting to bring in 
then he just may have felt like he could get more minutes somewhere else and enjoy his last season by being on the floor a little bit more. Do you think that these guys that they're bringing in would would how much how many minutes do you think they take away from him? He was a twenty minute per game guy last year, and obviously I understand like Jonathan Pierre his position on specific he could play four at times. Uh, Nick Jordan is a guy who could play the four or five. TFAL Leonard I guess in small ball lineups could could I guess play uh, a small ball for David Jones I guess JJ Taylor Ashton Hardaway like. How, how many minutes do you think these guys would take away from a guy who is one of their only two returning players? Well, I don't who think it's going to be guys. one of the one of their only two returning players. I don't think it's about the guys that are currently on the roster. I think it's about what they're attempting to do right now as okay. far as bringing new faces in. Uh, I still think Chandler would have had a pretty expanded role, but you know maybe he could have felt like okay, you know Penny's working behind the scenes. He feels confident about these couple of players. So if if this ultimately ends up happening, then I don't know where my spot is and where my role is anymore. It, it, who knows? But it, we obviously know they're trying to bring back DeAndre Williams. Uh, if that comes to fruition, then DeAndre and Nick Jordan are probably your two starters. Uh, and even if Chandler would have started over Nick Jordan, Jordan, I would say, would probably have gotten more minutes. Uh, and then you see Memphis after Jordan Brown as well. If he comes yeah. in, uh, then and DeAndre comes in, then DeAndre and Jordan Brown are your starters. With Nick Jordan probably being the first uh, front court member off the bench, uh, and then there's still the prospect. Does Malcolm Dandridge come back? So it's just I know a lot is in flux and nothing's really concrete right now, other than Nick Jordan in the front court. But if I feel like if all those things were to happen, then then there really is a question mark on. How much does Chandler see the floor? Where does he fit into that rotation? So uh, that's just a, just a thought I had. If those things do come to fruition, then then maybe he could have been on the outside looking in. Um, we brought up the possibility on the podcast. I want to bring it up right now. Jordan Brown, 19-9, and nine, I believe, at Louisiana last year. He's got one more year of eligibility. The Tigers have been very invested in trying to get him to campus as the, as the five, as a big. I think, what is he, 6'11", 230. We talked about the possibility of – if the Tigers were to bring in Jordan Brown and DeAndre Williams gets an extra year of eligibility, what would that mean for this program going into next year? I mean, the the, the firepower they'd have in that front court would be unmatched, I think, especially in the AAC. But, I mean, it would be probably top three, top five in the country. Yeah, it, it may sound crazy coming off, but like Memphis is an immediate title contender. And some people from a national perspective may see it and go, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I think they're a top 15, top 10-ish team at that point. And that they're definitely in title contention at that point. You look at a front court that last year averaged, if Jordan Brown and DeAndre Williams were both to play at Memphis next year, 37 points and 17 rebounds, I believe. <laughs> that is that is ridiculous production from a collegiate front court. It's without a doubt, the best front court in the American and one of the best front courts in the entire country. I mean, you have two veteran players that can score, that can rebound the ball, that can play defense, that can block shots. I mean, just the the overall upside of that front court is absurd. And then you pair that with Caleb Mills and TFA Leonard and David Jones and Jonathan Pierre and Nick Jordan and the players that they brought in in the transfer portal. And Memphis is one of the best teams in the country. And there shouldn't be much argument about that. Like, that's not a crazy thing to think. Like, David Jones uh, was – John Rothstein said he could see David Jones being a potential player of the year candidate or newcomer of the year candidate, whatever. And then you have a front court that consists of DeAndre and Jordan Brown, and then you have Caleb Mills who gets a whole offseason to 
learn Penny's offense and really come into his own as what we believe as of right now, the primary ball handler. You have TFAO Leonard, who's an incredible defensive piece. Uh, and then Jonathan Pierre, who is like the ultimate question mark of what will he be because his his ceiling is is ridiculous. His ceiling is one of the highest on the team. Obviously, you know, if he comes in and it takes him a while to adjust, then maybe he doesn't make a, as big of an impact, but it, it, he could. The potential is there. So just overall, if that were to happen, Memphis strap a rocket ship to him. Yeah, the the thought of Caleb Mills, TFL Leonard Jr., uh, David Jones, then DeAndre Williams and Jordan Brown as a, as a front court, like that should be a very exciting thought. Now, it's an exciting thought. It, where would you put the likelihood of that actually coming to fruition? Like, I like obviously I don't need a percent. Like, but the, it, it it is in the realm of possibilities. Like, it's out there. Yeah, and that's where it's at right now. It's possible. <laughs> that's really all you can say. It's, yeah. it's possible. Uh, I think they feel confident about getting DeAndre Williams back. If you just look at the situation and where it's headed and some of the comments that have been made, they feel confident about it. I don't think they would be pursuing it if they didn't feel confident about it. And then when Jordan Brown, you know, he's someone that's a two-time transfer. Uh, he knows this game. Like, he's done this before, so things are going to be kept close to the vest. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of teams were intrigued and curious about his eligibility. Uh, but from what I heard, he's a grad transfer and should be eligible. So there's going to be a lot of schools involved there and a lot of high-level schools involved there because Jordan Brown is one of the best centers in the country. But that, that's, that's where it stands right now is it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about the full probability of it. It's up to Jordan Brown. Like, how many – I mean, how, how competitive is the market right now for Jordan Brown from what you've seen? Man, it's quiet. Okay. And, that, and it, it's one of – They're, not, one they're of those, not letting out information from his side. Right. Right, you you see you see these more so now than we have in the past with the transfer portal because you have guys that have been recruited before. In this case, someone that's been recruited, you know, not only at a high school but has transferred twice. So you have someone who's been through this process before. And the more we get into this transfer portal portal era, the more I see like they know how to keep this stuff quiet. They know how to keep it close to the vest. Uh, you may have a national media member, even a local media member at times that puts out the schools that are interested in them. But as far as like gauging what the competition is, it's a totally new game. Like if you, if you talk, if you're talking to a high school recruit, you can, you can get all the information. Like they are just so happy to be being recruited and being in the spotlight that, the, you know, they'll tell people stuff and you'll see national media put, put out more uh, about these high school players, you know, when they're visiting all this stuff, and then Nick Jordan's like the perfect example of the transfer portal recruiting. No one even knew he was on campus. Yep. And then a couple of days later, he commits. So that's just, that is like the modern landscape of recruiting. It's so much more quiet than it used to be because these guys have been through this process. They don't really care about the attention. They're already proved, proven players. Uh, so they don't, they don't need any more attention from from media and from fans and stuff like that, they're they're really just worried about furthering their career. So it's quiet, and I think they're going to keep it quiet until they make a decision. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Christian, though, appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. See you all next week. Yes, sir. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.